Today's New Testament reading is the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the fifth chapter. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, a pool, in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I am working. This is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's word, we welcome the Reverend Dr. Rick Mars from Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus did many signs in the presence of his disciples, but John records seven of them, eight if you count Jesus' resurrection. These are written that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing we may have life in his name. This sign of the healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda is the third recorded by John for our faith. Jesus' first two miraculous signs had been changing water into wine at the wedding in Cana and healing the sick son of an official in Capernaum. After our John 5 text, Jesus will feed 5,000 people, walk on water, give sight to a man born blind, and raise Lazarus from the dead. People will come to believe in Jesus, to trust in him, and to believe that he is the Holy One of God, the one who has the words of eternal life for us to hear. But in several of Jesus' signs, he is met with cultural resistance, especially among the Pharisees and other Judean leaders around the temple in Jerusalem. When he gives sight to the man born blind, they challenge this man and ask, Who healed you? When Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, they made final plans to put the Christ to death. The miracle of our John 5 text, the healing at the pool of Bethesda in Jerusalem, ratchets up the resistance against Jesus. Jesus had already challenged the Pharisees and council leaders that they were not following God's teachings, 
that they were misleading the people. Now he heals a man on the Sabbath and tells him to pick up his mat and walk. This man had been an invalid for 38 years. Can you imagine 38 years as an invalid, not able to take care of one's own needs, to simply have to lay on a mat hoping that others would feed and clothe you? This crippled man simply listens to Jesus. He thought that Jesus might help him to get into the pool to be healed. Jesus asks, Do you want to be healed? And when the man misunderstands him, Jesus simply tells him, Get up, take up your mat, and walk. And immediately the man was healed and took up his mat and walked. You would think that this man's healing would have brought great rejoicing in Jerusalem. But no, the Jewish leaders see it as an opportunity to accuse Jesus of breaking the ceremonial laws. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. The third commandment had been given to Moses and the Israelites in Exodus 20. But through the years, its meaning was lost. God meant it to be a day of rest from one's regular vocation, be reminded of the Lord and His saving promises. In light of Jesus and the New Testament teachings about the Sabbath, Luther wrote in the small catechism, What does this mean? We should fear and love God, that we do not despise preaching and His word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. This crippled man had found the true Sabbath, the true rest and healing in Jesus Christ and His Word. Our temptations today are different than what they were at Jesus' time. Hardly anyone approaches the Sabbath day legalistically like the Pharisees did, but today our culture is resisting Jesus openly. Many believers are tempted to ignore this third commandment, to think that our faith is something that we can strengthen on our own. On Sunday mornings, when churches celebrate most of their divine services, there are temptations to play sports, go hunting, to get some extra work done, or simply to sleep in because, hey, church isn't something you have to do every week, is it? Missing occasionally turns into missing frequently, which turns into, well, you know. A young seminarian friend of mine recently told me that he was talking to a millennial friend of his who said he was really wondering if the gospel message was true and important for his life. He was struggling with doubts about his faith in Jesus. The seminarian, knowing his friend well enough and knowing his honesty, challenged him by saying, Would you do a little experiment for me? For the next few weeks, keep track of how many hours per week you spend listening to messages that distract you from Jesus, that tempt you to resist Jesus and his teachings and to follow the world. And then keep track of how many minutes per week you spend listening to Jesus by attending church or reading the Bible or listening to Christian messages. The friend agreed. They spoke a few weeks later, and the friend was convicted. He realized that he was inundated with messages that led him away from Jesus but was listening to the message of Jesus for him. Jesus' death and resurrection for him, only rarely. And he was committed to changing that ratio. He would strive to keep the third commandment more faithfully. The crippled man needed to hear Jesus' words because he was an invalid, unable to care for himself. When we realize that spiritually we too are invalids, only able to walk spiritually in the power of Jesus' word, then He empowers us to get up and walk, to trust Him for our rescue, and to faithfully tell others about Him, especially the sign of His resurrection.
Amen. We thank the Reverend Dr. Rick Mars from Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri, for today's meditation on God's Word.